This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 7th of September. In your Squiz today... Oz and China talk it out in Beijing, Australia's economy slows, footy finals kick off, and a very lucky monkey. This is your Squiz today. Claire, a group of 18 Aussies has landed in Beijing. They're there for talks with their Chinese counterparts, and it's officially called the Australia-China High-Level Dialogue. This is the seventh time the meeting has been held since it started back in 2014. But it's important to note that this year's is also the first to take place in more than three years. The Australia-China high-level dialogue, it sounds very important. (laughs) And that hiatus, of course, kicked in like so many other things about the Australia and China relationship when there were issues that flared up in 2020. But The Minister for Foreign Affairs, Penny Wong, says that the fact that they're going back into it, it represents another step towards really stabilising our relationship with China. Uh, Wong won't be there today and other government ministers won't be there either and that's because the talks are designed to be a bit broader than that. There are people there from professional services, academia, uh, government departments and the arts and they're going to have conversations about a broad range of topics rather than negotiating for policy outcomes. Yeah, that's right. And they're being led by former Labor frontbencher Craig Emerson. But others who will be there include former Coalition Foreign Affairs Minister Julie Bishop, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade Secretary Jan Adams, a tourism industry leader, Margie Osmond, and from the business sector, Warwick Smith. Also talking up Australia in the region this week, though, is PM Anthony Albanese. Yeah, he's with Penny Wong in Jakarta. They've been there for the Association of Southeast Asian Nations Summit. That's another fancy dialogue. (laughs) Uh, It's known as ASEAN. And doing more trade with nations in our region is a priority, they say. Uh, And that was behind a $95 million funding package that they announced to boost economic ties between Australia and those Southeast Asian nations like Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand and the Philippines. Albanese also released the Southeast Asian Economic Strategy, another fancy name, Claire. (laughs) That's a plan to increase trade and investment between Oz and Southeast Asia. I do love a bit of travel, but I don't know if I envy Albanese this week, Claire. Once he's done in Indonesia, he'll head to the Philippines for defence talks and then he's on his way to India for the G20 summit this weekend. More than a 1,000 rioters have been charged for storming the US Capitol building on the 6th of January 2021, and the legal cases against them have been winding through the courts. 
But the most notable sentencing to date happened yesterday. Yeah, that was Enrique Tario. He was the leader of the Proud Boys. It's a pro-fascism, pro-Trump militia, and its members were really central to the chaos that happened on the 6th of January. Uh, and yesterday he was sentenced to 22 years in prison for his role in that unprecedented attack on the US Capitol. His sentence is expected to be the lengthiest of all of those prosecutions. And the judge said that it reflects the pivotal role that the Proud Boys played uh, when it came to things like breaching the barricades, assaulting police and generally encouraging other people to get involved. The Proud Boys, though, weren't the only group involved in that. That's right. A group called the Oath Keepers also took part. Their leader, Stuart Rhodes, was sentenced to 18 years in jail in May. The latest stats on the health of our economy are out. It grew by 0.4% in the April to June quarter, and that takes it to an annual rate of 2.1%. That's better than expected, Claire. It is, and economists thought that the quarterly figure would be lower than that. You know it's really interesting times when we're pretty okay with that annual growth rate of being at 2.1%. But what it means is that to bring inflation down, uh, interest rate hikes have put that break on spending and that slows the economy down. So the policies are working as the policymakers wanted them to. And yesterday, Treasurer Jim Chalmers said the result shows the economy remained steady and sturdy. That was his quote, which on reflection makes it sound a bit like a favourite armchair. (laughs) I'm thinking steady and sturdy could be the name of my autobiography. (laughs) Claire, we fully acknowledge that not all squizzers love sport, but we aim to keep you across the big things happening that are good to know about. So with that bit of context in mind, the finals of the AFL and NRL are about to kick off. Yeah, just a bit of a nod, I guess, to squizzers who have been telling us that there's been so much sport in recent weeks, (laughs) but the footy finals are big and millions of Australians get into it. So we're here to help you navigate those conversations. And long story short, the rounds of the regular season have been run and done and each football code now goes into those final series with their top eight teams. In the AFL, Alice, I note your Port Adelaide club came in third. They're in the final series. Uh, But the finals will kick off tonight with the number one ranked Collingwood. They're up against the number four team, uh, Melbourne. And also in the NRL, they start their finals tomorrow night. Uh, The team that came top of their ladder this year was Penrith. Yeah, exciting times for footy fans. There are three weeks of finals fun ahead and in the spirit of being helpful, pop the 30th of September in the diary for the AFL Grand Final and the 1st of October for the NRLs. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today. 
Gandali the chimpanzee at Rockhampton Zoo is a very lucky boy. He pulled through after being bitten by a brown snake that he thought was a toy. Gandali, what a goose. (laughs) (laughs) So this happened on Tuesday and his human carers were very worried about him because it didn't look very good there for a while. But all is well that ends well. And we mention it because Gandali is part of a breeding program at Rockhampton Zoo and it's one of the most successful in our region. Yeah, that's right. Those experts in Rockhampton have done extremely well in recent years. They've turned what they call a bunch of socially dysfunctional chimps into a cohesive family unit. They're one of several zoos around the world who are doing their bit to ensure the survival of the species. And as for Gandali, he's only three years old, but he is a product of their program. So, you know, step away from the snakes, Gandali. Mm. (laughs) Just keep the snakes on the ground. Squiz the day, Claire. I reckon it's a good day to get a bit more informed about the voice referendum. Yeah, what a good idea. And we've made it very easy to do that. Um, You will see in your podcasting app this morning that we've got our first episode of Ask the Squiz Out. Uh, It's our podcast where each week until the 14th of October, we'll answer your questions about the voice proposal and also on the referendum process. And kicking us off this week, there were questions about plans to improve Uh, outcomes for Indigenous Aussies with or without the voice. Uh, Also, we tackle the question about voting with a tick or a cross. That is in your podcasting app ready to listen to now, so don't miss out. And that's it from us for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at SquizKids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women, and together, honour their legacies.